Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to Compliance Week's Top Minds in Compliance podcast, our weekly conversation with a leader in the compliance field. We'll pick the brains of some of the most well-respected risk and compliance practitioners to find out how they've helped to build a successful program at their organizations and hopefully provide you some insights to help you do the same. In this episode, I visit with Joseph Agins. He is the Institutional Compliance Officer at Sam Houston State University in Texas. We talk about his professional journey to the compliance discipline. He started out as a certified fraud examiner and then moved into the higher educational sphere. And then we turn to some of the more interesting challenges that Joseph faces as a compliance professional in higher education. Of course, we take a look at Varsity Blues and what that has meant not only for Sam Houston State, but also really how Joseph has been able to use this to help educate and explain what compliance is and most importantly, show the value proposition of a university or other institution of higher learning having a robust compliance program. It's a fascinating look at compliance in a direction that we don't normally focus on um, in corporate compliance, but I know that you will find it interesting and enjoyable. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Joseph Eggins. Eggins. He is the Institutional Compliance Officer at Sam Houston State University. Uh, He really has a role that I think is unique, and certainly for the compliance professional, the unique challenges of doing compliance in higher education. I grew up as a professor's kid, so I have some understanding of the challenges he faced. But when you overlay what's currently going on in Varsity Blues that he's going to touch on, I think you'll find that it's uh, really an extraordinarily intellectually challenging job. So, Joseph, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thank you, Tom. I'm certainly uh, happy to be here. I'm a big fan of podcasts and sharing information in this way, including your podcast. And so I'm very happy to be able to uh, participate and uh, to talk with you about this and to talk about uh, higher ed compliance. Well, Joseph, I was wondering if you might be able to talk about your own professional uh, career and your journey to compliance, because um, it does not look like you started in compliance. I didn't. I actually, uh, I guess you're looking at my resume or uh, you and I have known each other, so you know some of my background, but I did start actually in uh, really as more of a fraud guy. And uh, so my uh, introduction into the business world, if you will, was really focused on uh, primarily on fraud. And uh, that's where I spent a good bulk of my, my career. Um, I'm a, a CFE, a certified fraud examiner. Uh, I spent a lot of time uh, y- you know, with uh, the ACFE people on the phone may be familiar with the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, but that's a uh, that's a field uh, that I was heavily involved in and with that group specifically as well as others. But uh, doing that kind of work and it's it's something I really loved and enjoyed and still did still do. Uh, but ultimately, uh, somewhere along the line, uh, my role uh, as a fraud guy and someone managing a fraud department or function. Uh, you know, kind of rolled into the compliance function overall. So then I was exposed uh, to more, uh, you know, again, compliance overall. And I basically, uh, you know, with that exposure, uh, expanded my uh, my field and, you know, was kind of uh, exposed uh, to a new discipline and something that I really uh, enjoyed, not uh, only the compliance side, but certainly the ethics side and 
how those two interconnect and how, uh, you know, the fraud department and other things are also uh, part of that. So uh, eventually I kind of got away a little bit. I think you can never really get away from it. Uh, but I got, uh, you know, further and further away from the fraud side and, and, and more into the compliance and ethics side. So uh, fortunately, I, I still am able to teach. Uh, so I don't do a lot of the fraud work here at the university. Again, I'm focused specifically on compliance. Uh, and that's my role. But fortunately, they do allow me to teach a uh, white-collar crime class in our College of Criminal Justice. So I'm still able to uh, scratch that itch, if you will, and still be able to stay involved in that. But um, that's kind of how I fell into it. So how did you get to Sam Houston State University? And for those who may not know, Sam is, uh, I would say, about 75 miles north of Houston on I-45? Mm-hmm. Correct. Um well, I'm actually, uh, I've been in high, I've been, like I said, started off as a fraud guy, then got into compliance, was in the compliance and ethics field for probably about 12 years. Uh, in the bulk of that, I was in banking and also in, uh, worked for a company called Apollo Education Group in Arizona, which is where I'm from. And for those of you or who do not know, that was, uh, the, the corporation or the holding company, uh, for the University of Phoenix and a number of other higher education uh, institutions uh, throughout not only the country, but throughout the, the, the globe. So they owned other institutions similar to University, uh, University of Phoenix, uh, you know, in, in the United States and uh, pretty much at least one on every continent. So, but I was really not uh, on the academic side. It really was a corporation, at least the part of it that I was involved in. And um, ultimately, uh, you know, I decided, uh, well, the university was, uh, the university, I should say the corporation was downsizing. Ultimately, the university was sold. Uh, there was no longer going to be a need uh, as much for the large holding company. There was some different restructuring going on. And so with that going on, I decided that uh, I wanted to stay in higher education, of course, stay in ethics and compliance, but I also really loved uh, the widgets that we produce in higher education, which is students going out to uh, change and better the world. And so I was, um, you know, I knew what I wanted to do and it was to stay in that uh, discipline. But I also knew that uh, I thought it would be good for me to get to the other side. So not, you know, I worked uh, in the for-profit side of higher education. I wanted to get uh, to the other side and work for a university and be exposed to all the sorts of compliance things uh, that I wasn't uh, working on the for-profit and a predominantly online uh, educator or education institution. So although it was extremely large, uh, and like I said, had tentacles all over the world and throughout the country in almost every state, uh, it wasn't uh, a typical school. And so there's a number of other, uh, well, we had a lot of compliance requirements there. We certainly have uh, additional ones uh, here. So there was an opportunity at Sam Houston. They were looking to build uh, their first uh, com official compliance program, if you will, uh, and I was looking for uh, that sort of opportunity, and so that's how I ended up here. So now I'd like to turn to some of the rather unique challenges that you face uh, in higher education. So from my experience, universities tend to be extraordinarily decentralized. Uh, universities are made up of colleges. Colleges have deans. Those deans have professors, both tenured and untenured. Those professors generally have uh, professor professorial committees, uh, there are um, a, a really a, a large number of bodies and groups. How do you navigate compliance through all of that, Joseph? Well, that's a good question. You're you're right. Uh, universities are, uh, 
you know, typically because of their nature and how you described, uh, very decentralized. And we also, uh, you know, as you know, there, there are also different models of compliance and compliance programs. And ours fundamentally uh, is a decentralized program, meaning that, you know, I'm very much a, a small compliance shop, if you will. Most, if not uh, you know, all of the compliance work going on, the true compliance work going on is 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 happening out in all those de- decentralized areas that you talked about. Uh, my job is simply to work with those individuals to understand uh, what's going on and where we have gaps and where we're covered and to help, uh, you know, provide, come up with solutions and help those experts and our partners out in the field um you know, become compliant, uh, but I'm not the one necessarily doing all the work. Whereas you may have some programs in different organizations where the compliance department is really the one doing uh, the bulk of the work and then pushing information out to the different areas so that they come, you know, become compliant. And um, where the compliance shop is the expert per se in a lot of the things and taking a lot, taking on a lot of the heavy lifting. That's not the case here. So our compliance shop model is a decentralized model uh and that you know seems to work uh with the decentralization kind of that you're talking about in the in the university as a whole joseph one of the things that i think is on everyone's minds when they think about higher education today is varsity blues and it's a uh I don't want to say fabulous example, but certainly an example where uh, one or one school or a limited number of schools' actions can bring into question uh, a much larger number of schools. Uh, it really an industry wide, and that, unfortunately, that industry is higher education. How have you? How has that um, been a challenge for you? And what are some of the things that have come up for you in that area? Well. I don't know if it's a if it's been a specific challenge for me because I don't work at those institutions that that had those specific uh, issues, uh, you know. But certainly, as you said, that's uh, anytime something like Varsity Blues is brought up, it certainly shines a uh, a poor light on the industry as a whole. Uh, I like to think of it as a good thing uh, in a way, and, and what I mean by that is it's certainly exposed uh, and shown that there are still areas. Uh, in higher ed where, uh, you know, a more robust compliance program would have been helpful, meaning that uh, there are areas specifically in this case, you mentioned Varsity Blues, a lot of that had to do with the admissions process. Uh, You know, I think an easy thing we can take from that is there wasn't, uh, uh, you know, obviously a lot of compliance work going on. There was certainly room uh, for more compliance work to be going on in that area and more, and it certainly shows the value proposition uh, when we look back on that for compliance and for a robust program and for uh, oversight in having compliance as a partner. And, and uh, so I think Varsity Blues, in a way, has exposed a problem, an unfortunate problem, uh, a terrible problem. Uh, but at the same time, it now shows us, uh, you know, that that problem exists where we didn't realize it did uh, before. And so those universities that were impacted can go in now and and fix that, which I know a lot of them are doing, and those other universities that weren't impacted at least now know that this is a concern, uh, and they may be able to do some work shoring up, uh, you know, processes uh, in that area. Joseph, has part of that work that you've had to engage in really been an educational effort to explain to people both within the university community and outside the university community uh, what the impact of that was at the schools that uh, 
have been identified and uh, what it really means for higher education as a whole? Kind of. You know, I think, you know, basically I see my job and I know this is not just uh, for somebody working in a higher edge, higher education uh, institution, but a lot of compliance, uh, no matter where we work, I think one of our biggest challenges is explaining uh, the value proposition of compliance to those people out there. Uh, in the business or in the institution, uh, whichever it may be, meaning that, you know, compliance isn't, you know, the first thought uh, of everybody out there. And it, oftentimes it's even looked at as kind of a thorn in the side. And, and certainly people don't necessarily understand the value that we bring uh, and how we can help and how our role plays into the overall mission of whatever they do, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a director of a department, whether it's, a, uh, you know, uh, any side of the university or anything that we do, compliance plays into it somehow, and, and we play into it in a positive way, helping um, individuals or departments or the institution ultimately meet their goals. And, uh, and like I said, whether it's higher education or whether it's anywhere, uh, I think exposure uh, and helping people understand what we do is always a challenge. And I feel like that's what I spend the bulk of my time doing is constantly trying to sell the value proposition of compliance. And so the good thing, if there is one uh, about Varsity Blues, or one of the good things uh, is that it does give us um, something to talk about. You know, it is something, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for everyone in the country uh, or anywhere. And it's certainly a big deal for those that work in higher education. And, uh, and it's something uh, that helps start the conversation because ultimately compliance uh, you know, has a role to play in, in keeping things like that from happening. So it is something that I discuss. It is something, again, that I think is helpful to, to showing the value proposition and, and, you know, giving us a chance to talk about it and to work with others, because obviously it's concerning to any uh, administrator or anybody that works in higher education. They certainly don't want to see that happen, uh, let alone at their institution or anywhere. Well, Joseph, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting today with Joseph Agins, is the Institutional Compliance Officer at Sam Houston State University. Joseph, I wanted to thank you for taking the time uh, to visit with me today. Sure. Well, I sure appreciate it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this week's Top Minds in Compliance podcast. Check back next week for another interview with a compliance superstar.